Hello and welcome to another episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host today, Katrina Stroll. I'm a certified career coach and HR consultant. I created this space because so many professionals have difficulty setting boundaries and I decided to create a resource where I bring people on to talk about their experiences setting boundaries so you and I can learn together. I always start each of my episodes with definitions of words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes the limit. For example, if you tell your boss, hey, I don't want you to stand that close to me, that is setting a boundary. Gaslighting to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For instance, if you go up to your boss and say, hey, during that meeting, you said a sexist comment and I did not like it. And they say, I don't remember that. That didn't happen or nobody else said anything. That is gaslighting. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. So for instance, if you go up to your boss and say, hey, we don't have the right materials to do this job. We don't have the right PPE to be safe during this process. And they say, okay, that's neither neither here nor there, go do your job. That is dismissive. Today's episode is entitled Heightened Concerns. Yes, I know, I'm, I'm excited about it. My special guest today is Yolanda Crawford. Yolanda is an analytical chemist that has been in the food and beverage industry for almost 20 years. She is a fierce supporter of STEM and of helping to guide kids who have interest in the field. She has a BS in chemistry and MS in analytical chemistry and recently received her MBA on May 1st. Yes! She plans to lead, follow, and collaborate her way as she maps out her career path the most important job that she has ever had. And one that she treasures above all is motherhood and the example she provides for her daughter. Oh no, please help me in welcoming Yolanda. Yay. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited, so excited. And I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on. Could you share a little bit with the audience on why this episode is entitled Heightened Concerns? Oh, yes. Um, well, first of all, for anybody that know me, know that I'm a little bit tall, a little bit above average, I should say. I'm 6'1". And on a good day, I'm actually 6'5", because I wear three to four inch heels every day. And um, I think that gives people uh, the idea that it's okay to comment on my height or to make negative comments on my height, I should say. Because if someone said, oh, you are rocking them heels, I'm okay with that. But when you say, oh, you awfully tall, which I've been told, then I have to, you know, well, what's awful about it? So this heightened concerns is just giving them another perspective and that perspective is my perspective oh and i love you i can't wait to dive into that perspective today by first asking what does a boundary mean to you um to me a boundary is it's a hard stop it's almost like that glass ceiling that they sometimes talk about because i i don't see one but you know that they do say there's a glass ceiling so to me a boundary it's similar to that glass ceiling. Oh my gosh. I, 
I'm, in my brain, I'm thinking of Willy Wonka and when they shot through that glass ceiling <laughs> and it, it makes me think of how much damage that will do to me. If you ever shot through my glass ceiling, it would break. Uh-huh. Ooh, breaking risk. That's why you need to respect my boundaries. Oh, my Absolutely. Off the bat, Yolanda, with the knowledge, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> is setting boundaries difficult for you at all? Not anymore. Um, at one time, you know, when you start your career, you want to be um, viewed a certain way. So therefore you act a certain way. Um, I think at this point right now, I am where I am because I have started to set those boundaries. So it's not as difficult as it used to be, but it was a growing, growing phase for me. Mm, I love that. A growing phase for me. But also you're saying right now, it is possible to move forward while setting boundaries. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but sometimes um, assimilation is, is what has worked for me. And I hate to say that that works for some of us. Mm -hmm. um, not being able to bring your true self. So what, what I mean by that, an example is sometimes I just, I, I, on Friday, dress down day, hey, I wear a pair of sneakers, you know? Not that I wanted to, but hey, look, I'm so sick of hearing the height thing or why are you wearing heels when you're already so tall? Mm -hmm. And you know, little things like that. So when I say assimilation now, only means on that, <laughs> Involving the height, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I, people do look at you different. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's ridiculous, but it happens, you know. Hey, that's why this episode is important. Because there's others who are, I'm 6'1", there's some that's 6'5", that's 6'7", and I'm sure they get the same thing mm -hmm. on a regular basis. See, but you are able to set boundaries and saying, you know what, uh, even if on Friday I decide to wear sneakers, on all the other days I'm still wearing my heels, uh, so respect that. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I could give you examples to, look, how many times you got? <laughs> That's how many examples I have. There are a couple that stands out that really pushed me to go ahead and set this boundary. Mm. Um, I can remember standing up, going on an elevator and a lady that was, you know, below average in height, me being above average in height, it was a big gap, I will say, but she moved over the corner of the elevator and said, oh, you make me feel, oh, you make me feel so short. Me? I didn't say you made me feel so tall. And she... I mean, that, that was probably like a fifth or sixth coming from her. So I finally had to, I had to give it to her and I had to set a boundary. And I was like, when did you give me control mm. of your feelings? You know, so little things like that. She never said anything else again. <laughs> I was like, why didn't I say this, you know, a couple of years ago? Mm -hmm. But, you know, trying to um, see their perspective. Mm when they're not seeing mine. Ooh. So it, it got to the point where, okay, I guess I, I have to make sure you see mine or make sure you view my perspective. Oh, can I just repeat that real quick? Um, trying to see <laughs> their perspective when they are not trying to see mine. You see a lot of people, um, 
utilize gaslighting and dismissiveness whenever we express our concerns. Mm -hmm. um, and they try to say, well, think about me. You're being awfully aggressive right now. You're being very like, I've, I've been here for years and you've been saying stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, so all of a sudden, they're the victim. Mm -hmm. They are the victim. So my response made you the victim, but your initial statement didn't make you, mm -hmm. I mean, didn't make me a victim. So how does that work? Oh. How does that work? So, And I, I, I love that on, on the show, we kind of talk about that dialogue and how it goes. But you just said your initial statement. So you just being alive and just being the height that you are was not a statement to this person standing in the corner. It was not a statement to her saying like, I'm tall, I will fight you or something. She- it's genetics, baby. I, <laughs> what, <laughs> genetics. What, I didn't go into Walmart and ask for 48 inches of legs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long my legs are, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's genetics. So- I, one of the things that I normally help people with when they get to the space where they really want to listen, I'll say, well, would you have made the same comment to a person that's above average in weight? Would you have said, you awfully fat today or you awfully obese? No, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So why is it okay to say, you're awfully tall today? My gosh, Daniela, I know you have had years of experience having to set this boundary problem. Hey, you don't know how many years. I've been 6'1 since eighth grade. Oh, no. So I've been getting it for a while. Eighth grade. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm genetics. Mm -hmm. Hey. And it's a beautiful but, thing. <laughs> oh, I, hey, it tells you I love who I am. That's why I put on those extra four inches every day. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, but it's when others mm. have a problem or who others who see that mm -hmm. before they see me. Now, if you just meet me, of course, my physical appearance is what you would notice first because you don't know who I am. You don't know the meat and potatoes of your line of problem. Mm -hmm. But after you've known me and worked with me for years and you still bring up height, you know, it's maybe six weeks ago, I, I cut my locks off. And the conversation was about the height and the hair. So, you know, again, you have to set boundaries. And I was like, you know, we're at work. You should be more concerned about what's in my head, not what's on it. You know, so it's, it's little things. Those boundaries are very important. Oh, I mean, it's for your sanity. People may not look at it like that, but it's for your sanity. So my, anyway, for my imagine, Ilana, if you if you are all these years just never set boundaries, just never did. You just let people talk to you the way that they wanted to talk to you, and kept smiling. You would be. Okay. I would excuse my language. I probably nut up by now. <laughs> it would, you know, I would probably go off every time somebody has said something mm -hmm. because who are you? You know what? Why would you have a, a issue mm. with something that doesn't affect you? Mm. I gotta carry these legs around every day. <laughs> you know, I gotta look for these long jeans every day when <laughs> I'm going. So what? Why does it bother you? Mm. You know, enough for you to have to make certain comments, right. especially in the professional world. You know, corporate America. Or, come on. Yes, we're at work. Um, speaking of work, in a professional work environment, 
Um, have you ever had to set a boundary with a manager and then had them say something back to you? Um, yeah. Yes, um, I had a manager that whenever there's a issue, okay, so there were two of us in a similar role. Whenever there's an issue that he wanted to get across to me, and we would have meetings, so he, he would say it in a meeting. He would say it just to me, right? Which I don't have a problem with that because that's what we do in the meeting settings. We bring up things that we need to correct. You know, we, we want to improve. We want to make sure everything's optimized. But when there's another person, a particular person, um, whenever it was something involving them, he would always include both of us. He would say, you guys that's in this role. But when it was Yolanda specific, it was Yolanda. When it was this person specific, it was both of us. Mm -hmm. As if, hmm, I don't want to isolate this person. But you can say it to me. So I was like, uh, let me pull him over to the side after the meeting. Because I, I, I didn't think it was everybody's business. And I, I brought it up to him. I said, well, this particular instance, I said, this is, you know, third time that things that didn't apply to me, I was included. And he said, oh, well, you know, because of the role, I just wanted to make sure that you were aware as well. And I said, remember X, Y, Z, same role, but it was only addressed to me. So in the future, when you address things in a role, can you make sure that you address both of us in that role and not just me? It's always either me or us. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay. Okay, but it was the way he said it was like, okay, you remember when when those parents be arguing and the mom say, okay, <laughs> no, that don't mean okay, right? <laughs> so I, you know, I let it run, I let it go, and and needless to say, he he didn't respond like I wanted him to say, but the outcome that I wanted, I achieved the outcome. So hey. You can say say whatever you want to say as long as that outcome. Mm -hmm. No, you can okay as long as I, I achieve that outcome. So, um, it wasn't the way I wanted it to be mm -hmm. because I wanted him to understand where I was coming from, and I didn't get that um, he was receptive to that. Mm -hmm. But when he changed, I took that as okay. Receptive. It may mm -hmm. take him a minute, but um. I, I set that boundary and he respected it. Wow, what a good example, because that is something that happens to people on a daily basis. Yes, um, yes. And and the, oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm not at work to teach. Okay. There's some things that I, I don't mind giving you my perspective of, of but in, in leadership roles, I just think people should know certain things. Especially when you're working with a diverse group of people, you know, if you're going to be diverse and inclusive, they need to have that knowledge. They have to, and I'm not just talking about um, race. I'm talking about short. I'm talking about tall. I'm talking about above average in weight, below average in weight. You know, they're still diverse. Um, and they need to be addressed accordingly. Wow. 
wow. And that that's amazing that you were able to come to him with, or him or her, sorry, excuse me, um, with your concerns. And even though you did not get the reception that you thought you were going to get, it is still implemented. Mm -hmm. I, I have never heard a situation like that before. And it makes me hopeful. I respect him more. Oh. I respect him more. Mm -hmm. I would say that I will respect him more because um, in the last few years that I worked with him, he was really receptive. Mm. he was really receptive and I think it's because his boss made sure mm. that, you know that he was prepared little things like um, micro inequities mm. they need to be taught more often because they can do more damage than you know being being um, passed over for a promotion that you know you deserve or you having to train your manager those micro inequities are worse, makes you feel worse than those two situations. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's no, it's no easy task being a manager. And at times when people are just placed there that don't deserve to be there, they screw up the whole group. It, it, it affects the whole group. And I'm not talking about in a positive way. So I think one of the things that and I know this a little bit off topic and hype, but um, one of the things that, that, you know, my perspective presents is a way for them to see that from a tall black woman, <laughs> things are not gonna look to me like they look for mm -hmm. the short or the white man, the short white man. Of course, those things are, those, I view things different than him. But I think when you, when you talk to us, talk to us in a way that you know don't talk to me as if you were talking to a white man. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> because I, my, our perspectives are different. Mm -hmm. And um, when it comes to me doing my job and performing my job, um, don't make it where, you know, uh, me being, like I said, my master's on the first, me being, you know, trying to map out my career as being, um, Oh, what was the word used? Uh, job hopping or um, af after money. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a job. Mm -hmm. I'm there to make money. And I have a family to take care of too. Mm -hmm. So because I want to better myself and I want to map out a career that's advantageous to me, I, I need generational wealth. One day I'm going to be Nana. G-Money. I saw that on my hand. <laughs> Somebody said G-Money. That's going to be me one day. And so one of the things that wasn't available to me was generational. It's not available to a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that starts with our career. Mm -hmm. We can be in that same career as so-and-so and we don't have those same opportunities. Mm -hmm. And don't tell me because I walked in there um, six, five with locks down to my butt that that didn't make you look at me different. Mm -hmm. or make you treat me different because I know it did the boundaries that you set in place in your work environment they they're enabling not only your organization to grow but yourself to grow to everybody in that environment to grow because they're learning from your perspective so um, absolutely and they can that's a transferable skill by the way <laughs> that's a transferable skill because that next person may not be you know, it may not be their height. That's the characteristic. It may be something else, but you can apply 
you know, apply the same technique mm -hmm. when you're viewing things from other other um, people that are different from you, their perspective. Right. And even your skills in um, boundary setting, that manager now knows what it feels like for an employee to come up to them and say, hey, this occurred. Um, I would like this to happen moving forward. Please implement it and to implement it. That's a whole management class you took him through. Um, yes. In her, sorry. Took that person through. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. See, boundary setting, it, it helps us grow as people to learn and to just, oh, I cannot. Uh, but you know, <laughs> that's why I have a whole right. the, people, <laughs> the people grow, the management grow, the department grow. It's better for the whole company. You're right. Um, you know, like I said, it's a transferable skill. So now if he decides to leave or she decides to, hey, you can take this knowledge with you. So we can use this in everyday world. It doesn't have to be corporate based. Mm -hmm. This is a life based to me. Mm -hmm. you know? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that experience with us, because it's something that I haven't even thought of, like I've had that conversation several times over, but I had not thought about it from your perspective. So I really appreciate you sharing it. Um, you said you had difficulties before setting boundaries. Who or what helped you move into this new season of growth in setting boundaries? Well, I'm gonna tell you, growing up, I had that granny that, you know, she would always say, Oh, you don't let people run over you or you don't let people do this but when you were in a, a different setting mm -hmm. and you're you're new to the setting and you're trying to assimilate and you're trying to see how things work sometimes you don't initially set those boundaries you uh, go along to get along but after a while it's not worth getting along if if it's damaging to self right so after a while <laughs> We, we can get along or we cannot. I prefer we do. So that means I need to set these boundaries and you need to respect those boundaries. Once that's done, oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. So that means we, our working relationship is good. We can get this data in, we can get everything in on time and it can be correct. But if I come in and I hate to work because somebody has something to say or I know nobody sees my perspective or nobody has my back, then I'm gonna give you just enough. I'm gonna put in just enough effort to get the job done. I'm not going above and beyond because you're not doing that for me. <laughs> Yolanda said, because you're not doing that <laughs> for me. Uh, hey, just my concern, just my perspective, okay? Mm -hmm. Just my perspective. But it's so true. You also said um, damaging to self. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you are not setting boundaries, you are damaging yourself. You are letting damage come to yourself. Man. Yes. And guess where you're taking that? Home. Oh. Home. Do they know that? Do you know that? And my daughter is grown and out the house, but uh, when I tell you my man's not going to take that, <laughs> so I'm not going to, you know, affect my personal life, damage my personal life because I am being damaged somewhere else. I am being damaged somewhere else. Oh, and I, no, my, 
like myself, a lot of professionals out there grew up in communities where that happened consistently. Your mom and dad would come home from work and be so upset, so angry, so irate just from the mm -hmm. position or job that they were doing at home. And I think we grew up with that, like, oh, that's just how it is. You just work sucks, you come home and take it out. You take it out yeah. of anything and everything at home. But uh, Yolanda Crawford is here to tell you that's not the case. It doesn't have to continue. It's not the case. If something happens, they let me go from whatever job, who I go home to. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that needs to be nurtured just as much as I do. I'm not going to take that negativity home. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. And you're right that, look, I grew up in a small town, Cuba, Alabama. I know nobody's heard of it, but it's okay. <laughs> Cuba, Alabama. And you saw little things like this. So-and-so come over to the house because, hey, dad just got out work and he a little pissed. But, you know, we, we get used to that. It's time out for that. I'm, I'm not getting used to that. I'm not going to allow my daughter who just started her career to get used to that, to think that's okay. Remember, I said from the beginning, <laughs> the example, because they watch you. They watch you. So I can say whatever. But if I'm doing something different, what's wrong? Don't cry. <laughs> because I, I mean, you got you get me tearing up. But you know, kids watch you. Babies from babies on up, even though she's 25 years old, she watches me mm -hmm. and she comes to me for advice. I'm not gonna give you some advice that I'm not following. See, you're crying. <laughs> And I just think, no, it just reminds me of my uh, my upbringing and just even as a young professional, so many mentors in my life are like, well, just get along to go, like, just do what you have to do to get there, to get where, ma'am, to get, right. to get where. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're up here crying. Oh, God. Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, I, I do have a family to take care of, or I had, you know, my daughter, but I still have to take care of, you know, and a lot of times we have to assimilate. I said that before. Um, and it's like the get along, the get along means I have to minimize me. I'm not going to work 40, 50 years minimizing me. I, I remember being an eighth, an eighth grader, that's six one. That's kind of rounding her shoulders, so she's not as tall. No, no, I'm I'm six one, and I, I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk in these four inch heels in a room, and I'm gonna be six five. I'm not gonna, you know, round my shoulders to minimize who I am. Mm. So a lot of times we're told to get along because, you know, we 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 treated differently. We are. It's it's sad that we, but we're treated differently, and. And I think for a lot of us, if we realize that, okay, we set these boundaries, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. It, it may not happen. A lot of the stuff that I do in my career, it, it may not benefit me, mm -hmm. but those coming behind me. Yes. Oh, God. So, <laughs> you know, I don't reap the rewards right now but I know who does. Mm -hmm. And that's just as important to me. Just as important. And um, to anybody listening out there who is rounding their shoulders in any aspect of their life, if you're changing the way you talk, if you're not wearing your head wrap, if you um, just rounding your shoulders in any aspect of your life right now, please stop. 
<laughs> please stop. Um, yes, uh, stop right now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just say absolutely not to rounding your shoulders yeah. anymore. Um, be tall, standing, be great, take up space. Because you deserve yes. it. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, Yolanda, I don't want to cry no more, but I- <laughs> Me either, but if it's necessary, I'm going to get it out, okay? <laughs> um, so your field specifically is pretty much male, a lot of males in it, and a lot of, um, hasn't been very diverse in history of time. Um, right. Why do you stay in your field knowing that you're, you're very much a minority in a lot of aspects? Well, um, in my free time, I um, go into after-school programs. I go into um, rec centers, birthday parties. And what I do is I pre present the fun side of science. You know, I may order some sheep hearts and, you know, for that future surgeon. Or I may do an edible butterfly uh, cycle for the smaller kids. Let them see the fun side of science because I know that Exposure is everything. I had no idea what a flavor chemist was in Cuba, Alabama, okay? So if I had somebody, just one person who introduced me some to other aspects of science, I'm telling you, the world, my options would be, you know, limitless. But you don't know what you don't know. So what I wanna do is make sure that I expose, you know, the next generation to, um, science, STEM, STEAM, and, and because I love it. I, I'm currently a subject matter expert of essential oils, citrus essential oils, and you know, <laughs> nature is funny, hey, right? But what I know when you open a particular beverage, you want it to taste the same every time. So that, that ability to tweak and that ability to, you know, to know what I'm looking for based on location, you know, geography, soil conditions, I love it. I love, I can say it in my sleep. So things like that is what keep me in the field. That and the next generation of ophthalmologists. So. Oh, um, <laughs> this is the second time on this show that I've had to say this. Um, the representation that I as a black woman have had is very limited. Um, I have not seen myself in a lot of different professions. Um, Carrington York came on here for, with her episode and it was amazing. But I told her again, I've never seen a black woman journalist. She's a journalist who is a black woman. I've never heard of that. Um, you are a black female um, chemist. Like what? Never heard in my whole life. Um, it's time. Right? <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing time. to see it is so amazing to see so i applaud you and i thank you for continuing to be in your field because we need oh hey I, I, it's, it's my duty to look out for the next generation it's my duty for it's g money's duty <laughs> to make sure that those grandkids are exposed you know mm -hmm. um why not me oh why not me why not me um, she said, why not me, by the way, for anybody who is listening, she said, why not me? And that goes to you and everyone out there. You can mm -hmm. be the next anything the hell you want to be. <laughs> yes. And one thing I will say, growing up, my mom always said, all you need is an education. You can get here. You can get, uh, you need more than an education. I'm, I'm just, my perspective, um, 
networking. Mm -hmm. you, you, you can have the highest, highest GPA when you, you graduate. You can have, you know, the most sharpened skills, but if nobody knows, you know, nobody knows about you, you know. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I do, I volunteer. And those things like that get me out there, get the name out there. Hey, who, who's Yolanda Crawford? You know, before I, I my current job, well, my current employer, I applied for four years before I got in that job, before I even got an interview. Four years. But guess what? During those four years, I was preparing myself. And I got to say, I'm glad I didn't get the job because I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so things work out right I was not prepared I would have been gone the first week because I didn't have those skill sets but during that four years I made sure that when the opportunity presented itself I was ready standing tall in them four inch heels yes four inch heels four inch, heels, four inch boots something <laughs> oh and I'm so happy for you um Thank you. Could you talk about the affirmations or coping mechanisms or people that pushed you to be better and grow in your boundaries? Um, well, my daughter has pushed, pushed, pushed. Now, let me tell you, I was pregnant with my daughter in my senior year of high school. So I graduated May 26, 95. I gave birth the next Friday, exactly a week later, June 2nd, 95. So knowing that it's not about me anymore was, was the push that I need. Not saying everybody need that kind of push, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's what happened for me. So I realized that I have this little person that's depending on me. that's going to be watching, you know? And so I, I had a decision to make. And that decision was to go get it and go get it in a respectable way that, hey, she'll look back and say, okay, I, I think I want to do that. And that for me was one of the, was one thing that pushed me, I should say. Like I said, everybody don't have that kind of push. Everybody don't need that kind of push. I'm just going to throw that out there. That, that wasn't even a push. That was, uh, you know, so but the way I cope with thing is I, I step away from the situation. I have to, because um, there's a side of me that, that want to say, look, you're going to respect me. Whether you want to or not, you're going to respect me or I'm not going to deal with you. But how do you say that when you go to work every day and you have so-and-so over here working side by side, they don't care less you know but you have to work together so I think at times you have to look at the bigger picture mm -hmm. after you've tried to um what's the best way to do it? after you've tried to remedy the situation and sometimes you have to agree to disagree mm -hmm. and keep it moving because like I said I'm not taking this home mm -hmm. I'm, gonna leave, I'm gonna leave this right here so I'm not taking this home so that's one way and then I realized that I, I gotta keep this temple around as long as possible. So I work out. So I release, <laughs> I release some of that stress. I go for a run, you know, um, I do some planks. I have to keep, I have to make sure I'm around because I know if I'm not, I'll be replaced at that job mm -hmm. in two weeks, if that long. So, you know, 
everybody have to do what's best for them what they know works for them because running may not be everybody's thing but you you pick out that one thing that keeps you level-headed keeps you know the stress level down and and make sure that you're your whole self for your family your whole self for your true friends and whatever that is then you do it mm. I love you know. that. And it's specific to you, she said. She said it's specific. Because I'm not a runner. I am a walker. I, I, will, <laughs> I will walk. Hey, hey, walking is just as good. Everybody's not a runner. Everybody's not a walker. You know, some people may need to get on treadmill. Mm -hmm. Some people may, you know, go and just hang out with friends, have a discussion with girlfriends, whatever. I love it. And it's one of the things that made me think of my sessions with my therapist is the fact that you said um, to either continue that conversation or to stop. Um, in therapy, I learned about choosing not to engage. You know what I mean? Like this person is going to continue that behavior. They're going to continue to gossip about people or they're going to continue to be disrespectful. I'm not going to engage with you anymore. Mm -hmm. We do this amount of work together and then that's it. That's Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. Yeah, you, you have to decide what's hey, what's what's the boundary for you? Mm -hmm. And once you decide uh, everything else is it doesn't even matter. Oh, it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Perform your job, perform it to the best of your ability. Get out and go to your family. Mm -hmm. And don't even worry about it. Don't take that with you. Mm -hmm. Oh. Thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge with me. And I have so much stuff written down. I'm so excited about it because I'm just, I keep writing every single episode. I hope it turns into something, but. Oh, it will. <laughs> it will. <laughs> it will. I, I mean, we can all learn from each other. So when you come out with that book, oh. conversations with conversations with absolutely not, I make sure I give me a copy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Oh. My last question for you is for all those professionals moving, whether they're trying to become a chemist, a journalist, or just getting into their profession, what are the top three tips on setting boundaries, valuing yourself, and just being you and not taking it home? Uh, setting boundaries. Well, first you have to identify those boundaries that, that you feel are, are critical. When you identify those, you stick to them. You know, and then the third, hey, revise as necessary. <laughs> revise as necessary because what works today or how you feel today or what you need today mm -hmm. may not be what you need tomorrow. may not be what you need five years from down the road. So revise as necessary. Um, when it comes to, you know, leaving work at work, because, you know, a lot of us have to take it home. We have Figure out what's more important to you. And some people may just have their job. That may be their, you know, meat and potatoes. But that's not for me. That is, it's not the meat and potatoes for me. I'll go above and beyond when I'm there. An occasional off work call or I'm there. But I'm not going to jeopardize my family or minimize the importance of my family for a few dollars. I will not do it. Oh, and if, if it ever gets to a point where I have to do that, that, that means just like with any other relationship, I need to start another one. That means I have to go and find another job. So uh, keep, that in mind. Keep, keep what's important to you at the forefront. 
Yolanda said some words today, and I'm going to repeat them. What The ones that are sticking out to me so much, and I hate them because they're holding me accountable for myself, uh, damaging to self, any behavior that you're participating in that is damaging to yourself, uh, you need to acknowledge and take accountability for. Minimizing the importance of, if your job is minimizing the importance of your health, or your well-being, or your family, Yolanda said acknowledge that and know that it's time for a change. And then the last one that really hit home, and if I write that book, Yolanda, I will send you a check. She <laughs> said revise as necessary. Um, we are human beings. I learn new shit every single day. Every single <laughs> second, I'm learning new stuff. Um, so you need to revise your planning, your life, your boundaries as necessary. Yes. Yes. You learn every day. You know, I, I feel like when you stop learning, you die. Oh. <laughs> That's why so many, and I'm not mean, I don't mean physically. That's why so many people work to 50, 60 oh. years because they, they assume that once they leave their profession, if they're not engaged in something, if they're just sitting at home, then they, they, the body goes down or the mind goes down. And so, you know, you can, as long as you continue to learn, continue to move, you live. Ooh. You, you live. live. You said you live. Oh my gosh, Yolanda. I, I, I'm about to cry and I don't want to just because you have given me so much and I, I cannot thank you enough for doing so. Um, is there any last golden nugget you want to share with the audience before we wrap it up? Um, be you, be true to you and be true to family. Oh my gosh. That ain't, uh, do not care about their heights and concerns because it ain't got nothing to do with you. It, has no, it says more about them than about you. Oh, yeah. no, I, nobody will have control over how I feel about me. Uh, what kind of sense does that make? Nobody. Just because, I, oh, you're too tall. I might be too tall for you. You know, you know, just like, hey, everybody can't ride all rides. They may be too tall. <laughs> I, I might be too tall for you, but I'm just right for me. I'm absolutely what I'm supposed to be. How I'm supposed to be. I'm okay, Yolanda. Thank you for the word. Um, oh, once again, this has been absolutely not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My special guest today was the amazing, unbelievable Yolanda Crawford. She has given us so much in this episode and she's amazing. If you need help setting boundaries, getting your life together, or if you're looking to become a chemist and you want to talk to an amazing Black woman who is a chemist, please reach out to her. Um, you can find this episode on www.absolutenotwithkatrina.com and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.